Our children should be wearing different lenses. Time for more powerful parenting on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pushback. I'm Dr. Johnny coming to you again this week, sharing my heart about the things that are happening in this world and the culture that we so care about as Christians and as Americans uh, and as family members and members of a community. Uh, it's so critical that we are connected to one another. And my heart in this podcast is to give you and your children language to engage this world effectively. And, uh, and bring real change because that's what we're here for. I began a series called Powerful Parenting, and I want to continue that this week. Uh, last week, I talked about uh, woke is no joke and, uh, and this, this woke culture that is being um, uh, obviously exposed to our children and giving them language and strategy to uh, be able to speak about it. And we're uh, doing that as a family as well, sitting down and talking about these things. I um, I talked about using the example of taking the stand. It's taking a stand in the fact that our children are Christian in in a secular world and needs to be able to take a stand and, and be able to know when they're asked questions um, to have answers. That's what the Bible says. But I also like to just do the play on word, the words that they're actually taking the stand because they're going to be questioned, they're going to be cross-examined by this world. And unless they have answers, um, unless they've been prepped by their attorneys before questioning, uh, they may fumble and bumble and not know exactly where they stand or how they stand. And so our job as parents is to prep the witnesses, to, to give them the answers, to help them formulate their own answers to these difficult questions that the world is proposing to them. And so I've you know, developed this top 10 list of things that I'm going to go through depending on what's happening in this world um, uh, maybe in order, maybe out of order, uh, here and there. Uh, but I want to make sure to get through this list and, uh, let me go through these really quick. Um, today we're going to talk about, um, origins and evolution. And I think it's one of the most critical, important topics of our time that sometimes gets brushed under the rug. So I will get back to that. We talked about woke, uh, and compromising pressures last week. I want to talk about broken homes, divorce, fatherlessness, uh, uh, relationship navigation in a world of social media, dating pressure, sexual pressure, uh, foul language, pornography, violence, uh, drugs, and alcohol. Those are my top 10 lists. Sounds like a great list, doesn't it? And it's not to bring fear or to be super negative, but actually quite the opposite. I, I explained last week, and I really feel like this is from the Lord, that our children, our role as children 
is to be uncompromising in what they believe, but also to be a mediator in this world. So often this world likes to pit us against each other and have us take sides. Now, I understand that oftentimes there is an unrighteous side and a righteous side, and we should be uncompromising in that. But our role here on this earth is to actually find ourselves in the middle of those issues and actually bring real healing real conversation, to actually be the mediators of this world that actually brings reasoning and life and wholeness and restoration to the conversations, not just cross our arms and turn our backs on this world. That's the the fire behind this podcast. If we do that, then we've actually accomplished nothing and the enemy is actually one because he's made us impotent. He's made us uh, ineffective here on this earth. And that's not why we're here. We are here to actually bring mediation to actually bring the role and and the ambassadorship of heaven here onto this earth so that we can be injected into these conversations and actually bring real healing. And I believe with my whole heart that our children can be those people with training and with understanding, with discussion and with, with intentional, purposeful, powerful parenting that we can actually inject the culture of heaven Uh, into our children so that they can receive that so that when the world comes up against them, it feels countercultural. It doesn't feel right. Isn't that what we want for our children? Not to be swept away or to be, to be kind of the frog in the boiling pot of water that it just slowly gets turned up and the kids never know that all of a sudden they're being boiled, but to be aware from the very beginning. So that is my heart. Uh, before I get too into this, I do want to remind everybody to vote. It's coming. I know early voting is starting in some states as well. Um, this is critical. I, I, I believe, you know, the Democrats are trying to say that abortion is going to be this issue that fires up Democrats. I believe abortion is going to be the issue that fires up Republicans and gets conservatives and pro-life people to actually go to the polls. And actually the, the, the data is actually showing that, that the support there is actually growing faster than the, than the pro-abortion side of things. And so that's what excites me. It's been a year that we will never forget. Um, and, and we need to go to the voting um, booths and, and vote on behalf of life. And that we are thrilled and excited about what's happened from the Supreme Court, but that there's so much more work to be done and we need to put legislatures, legislators uh, into position to actually bring this even further. And we can do that and we can show that with our vote. So there's your pep talk. So, you know, evolution is presented into our culture as fact and maybe even from a scientific community, and, and what I can't even believe, honestly, is that even it might be considered law, like a science, some kind of scientific law that it's been proven. However, evolution is a worldview. I just want to be very clear to you as parents and teaching this to your children. You know, I did I did this a similar message to this, a similar podcast to this very early on when I first started podcasting uh, two and a half years ago. And uh, I'm going to really focus today on, on, on students and parents and the schools themselves. But I just want to be very clear as a scientist, as a, as a medical professional with a doctorate in science, that evolution just doesn't stand up to scientific requirements, certainly not to be a law, not to be a fact. And I would even say, go so far to say, not even really a theory, In fact, evolution is really, really bad science, 
and that it takes way more faith. And this is a talking point for your children. It takes way more faith to believe in evolution than it does in in creation. Way more. Because it doesn't stand up to scientific scrutiny. And so it's so important to have this discussion and to know uh, with your children where they stand on this because the world is trying to pull them away. If you go into a museum, it's presented as fact. And you think that it's absolutely a certainty. Now, there is laws of science. Um, so if I had a ping pong ball and I dropped it on the ground and it bounced back up and I caught it and I just did this over and over again, that's called the law of gravity. And every single time I drop it, uh, short of some sort of angelic intervention, uh, it's going to hit the floor and bounce back up. That's called the law of gravity. And it will happen every single time I can reproduce it. I can watch it with my own two eyes. I can study it. I can mathematically explain it. It's a law. There's also a factor in physics called the second law of thermodynamics, and it's called entropy. And it's indicating that the whole universe of matter is running down and ultimately will reduce itself to uniform chaos. So if you put molecules in a test tube, they aren't going to form themselves. They aren't going to create into themselves some sort of organized being. No, they're going to actually reduce themselves to randomness, to chaos. That's a scientific law. It's called the second law of thermodynamics which seems about as basic and unquestionable to modern scientific minds as any truth can be. This is just true. At the same time this is happening on the physical level of existence, something quite different seems to be happening on the biological level. Structure and species are becoming more complex, more sophisticated, more organized, with a higher degree of performance and consciousness. The law of increasing entropy is a universal law of decreasing complexity, whereas evolution is supposed to be a universal law of increasing complexity. Okay, that was a lot of big fancy scientific words. Let me break it down for you. We would expect to see over time things to become decreasingly complex. It's the law of thermodynamics. It's reducing itself to uniform chaos. But what evolution is trying to convince us is that over millions and billions of years, that somehow... The world that we see, the matter that we see, has formed increasing complexity all on its own. And so it violates the scientific law. And so if we can teach our children one thing, let's just teach them that. Let's have them bring that to their science teachers and have them present that. This is coming up against our children. And 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 we have to be very, very clear as parents what is actually being taught to our children. It's not fact. They can't reproduce it. They can't show evolution. They always seem to try. The pandemic is, came up so often that the viruses are evolving. Well, that is called microevolution, and that's called changes within a species, a species of virus. Dogs can change within a species, but guess what? At the end of the day, they're still dogs. Viruses aren't changing into something else. That's what increasing complexity is going to require. In fact, when a virus mutates, it's usually a loss of information, not a gain of information. That's what we see in these various types of even COVID, Delta and Omicron and all these different variances. This is decreasing variation, which is exactly what we'd expect to see in scientific law. So I would be, I would be willing to argue with scientists that they should be scientifically um, 
scientifically accurate in saying that maybe evolution is a theory. So what is the definition of a theory? A theory is a scientific theory is a well-substantiated explanation of some aspect of the natural world based on a body of facts that have been repeatedly confirmed through observation and experiment. So evolution doesn't even stand up to the word theory because they can actually not show that one species has ever turned into another species. It's not seen. And in fact, if you take millions and billions of years, there should be millions and billions of fossils that show these transitional creatures that are part whale, part gopher, <laughs> whatever they're saying, whatever they're saying these, these animals transition into. There should be a whole bunch of fossil records. Guess what? There isn't any. There should be millions and millions of them considering the time it would take for random chance to form these changes over time. It's not even a theory. So what are they teaching our children? Is it a philosophy? Is it philosophy? Philosophy is the study of the theoretical basis of a particular branch of knowledge or experience. Well, there's no real experience that they can show. So is it possible, my friends, parents, students listening to this podcast, is it possible that evolution is a religion? What's the definition of a religion? A set of beliefs concerning the cause, nature, and purpose of the universe. Hmm. Science, the science evolution is really bad science. It doesn't line up with fact, theory, or philosophy. It's in fact a religion. It's starting with a world view. It's a world view. And the world view of evolution starts with the premise that there cannot be a God. That's the scientific premise. And then, then they, they put scientific measures around it that confirm the worldview. They actually don't confirm the worldview. It conforms to their worldview. I used the wrong word. It doesn't confirm their worldview. It conforms to their worldview. That's called religion. And that's what's being taught to your children. So I want to be super clear. It's a, it's a lens that they put on, and the lens that the secular world has put on to teach our children is that there cannot be a God, so there has to be some other explanation. And the only other explanation is, is that nature randomly did this by chance over time, even though there is no scientific proof, evidence, or demonstration that that has ever occurred or could ever occur. <laughs> it's really bad science, and they're teaching a religion a religion of humanism to our children. And this is a big deal. And this has major consequences that we are seeing in every aspect of society. And this is what gets me fired up as a scientist because I want them to be honest about it and be held accountable to it. But we as parents, we are the ones who are supposed to parent purposefully and powerfully. And we need to be able to not hear the word science and have our eyes glaze over and not know what to say and say, oh, well, just trust your science teacher who is teaching you a religion that is contrary to the Bible. So what about creation? Well, creation at best is a theory, scientifically speaking. Why is that? Because we weren't there. And so we can't prove that these things have happened. Now we have an ancient text that actually gives account and often firsthand testimony of an historical event, but we weren't there. But some reason that text is dismissed, even though it's an ancient book, like so many other ancient books that are used. 
But scientifically, we weren't there. So we have a theory, but our theory is actually held up. There's actually evidence for creation and evidence um, for creation. And there is evidence that a evolutionist would also use. Now, my friends, this is very important. It's important to teach our children. It's important that, that kids hear this. It's the same evidence. It's not like creation has separate evidence and the secular evolutionary worldview has separate evidence. It's the same evidence. We just have different lenses at which we look at the evidence. And they are making some kind of scientific claim that is way out of whack and needs to be held accountable. But they're seeing it through a lens, and it's the lens of there cannot be a God. So therefore, we can explain things in a different way. The same evidence in a different way. Creationists don't have different evidence. We're still looking at fossils. We're still looking at the age of the earth that we think is younger that lines up with biblical truth. And we're looking through those lenses and it all really seems to line up in a beautiful, powerful way. We shouldn't be surprised. So I believe, and, I, and I've said this a million times on this podcast, and I think this is so important. I believe that parents, pastors, teachers have been fed a line, have been fed an untruth that there is a scientific burden that needs to be overcome and explained by Christians in a biblical worldview. And I am here to tell you on this podcast, to tell you as parents, to tell you as students, as children, that there is no such burden. The Bible can be believed at face value for what it is. And Genesis is true and that the earth is young and the Bible isn't there to try to confuse us or to try to implement small little changes in time in between the dots and the commas. No, the Bible is telling us what happened from the beginning of time and it can be trusted and it can be true. And it's critically, critically important. When I gave this podcast before, I talked about just the scientific nature and being hold scientists accountable. That's not the purpose of this podcast, but I want to talk about the implications of this and why this is so stinking important that our children understand that the Bible can be trusted. Let me talk just specifically about public schools that are teaching the religion of evolution. What are they teaching? They are teaching a lifeless, purposeless, hopeless existence to our children every day. Do you think that's important? I think that is critically important to understand our children are not stupid and they are hearing the dogma of the, of the religion and they are being told that they are lifeless and purposeless, that their life is formed out of a primordial soup and they are a result of time plus chance. No higher reason or purpose for living. Then the administrators of the school want the children to live with respect, hope, purpose, and adhere to some sort of moral code toward one another. Why would they do that? Why are there mass shootings in schools? It's not about gun control. It's not about video games. It's we are raising children without value for life. This is a real problem, and the only answer is a real scientific alternative to the religion that they are preaching, alternative theories. What are you afraid of, public school? What are you afraid of in bringing forward truth or alternative ideas? Because if you really are a scientist, you would understand that what you are teaching 
is not only baseless, but not scientifically sound. You could argue it as a theory. And honestly, I would be okay with that and let the kids decide, (laughs) let the kids decide what lines up. But this is a real problem. And if parents, if you're not if you're not purposeful and powerful about explaining to the children what they are learning in their science class, which has now trickled into history and social studies and all and math and all of these other areas now that are being influenced by the fact that we are in a purposeless world. The Bible teaches something completely opposite. It's also, if you want to use the re- word religion, not a big fan of the word religion, but it's also a study of the origin of life and why we are here with incredible purpose by a loving father that created us for a reason that we have life and destiny. It's a different message. So parents, we must be proactive to push back against the errant secular teaching. Challenge your school. This, I, I said this before, this has been the year of the parent. They've been Parents all over the country have been rising up and saying, wait a minute, you don't get to tell us how to raise our children or to teach our children. We actually have a say in this. We aren't helpless victims. And the secular world wants to frame this as God versus science. It's, it's the wrong argument. This is about real science. I would like the argument to be about real science to be informed and have frequent discussions so that our children understand the severity and the importance of this conversation. I want to talk to you kids. You aren't stupid. You you understand what I'm talking about. Worldview matters. The lens in which you look at this world matters. And I'm asking you to put the lens on of a loving creator, God, and have you look at the world through that lens. And I'm telling you, you'll see things differently. Kids, I want you to write down the word entropy, E-N-T-R-O-P-Y. I want you to bring it to your high school teacher and ask them to explain it. I I don't want you to be bombastic about it. I don't want you to be dishonoring about it. But I want you to ask questions, ask open-ended questions and make them defend their position. How do you explain the fact that there's a scientific law that only life can beget life? How do you explain that? How does life form spontaneously when it's a scientific law that only life can beget life? How do you explain this scientifically when, when, when matter actually forms towards chaos, not an organized creation? And don't be surprised if they end up talking about a leap of faith or aliens. You're going to notice that aliens come up a lot because maybe there was some sort of ancient life form that landed on the planet and actually seeded the world with their DNA and started the human race. Why are they talking about that? Because they know that their scientific evidence doesn't line up. There has to be some other way. So don't be surprised if aliens (laughs) come into the conversation. And they're going to say things like, everything is possible if it's just given enough time. That's not a scientific law or truth. It's not true. And so kids, I want your eyes open, but I want you to be respectful and just ask questions. It doesn't mean mean that you have to say, I am a Christian and you are a secular atheist and you are brainwashing me. That usually doesn't open up a great conversation, (laughs) but you can ask open questions and make them defend their position. And they might come after you talking about Jesus in the Bible, but don't make the conversation about that because you have nothing to prove. Make them prove what they are teaching. And make them defend how it's even possible. And of course, 
these worldviews matter and the lenses that we wear because there's incredible consequences in all other areas. We are a, a country right now in division about race. Well, guess what? Race division and evolution was started and talked about by Darwin himself and propagated by other people like Hitler who felt like the Aryan race was the supreme race. And those are all evolutionary ideas. And read the, the writings of Darwin and they were incredibly racist. What about just life? If a baby is just a fetus and it's just tissue that's also formed purposely and hopelessly, then why can't we just snub it out? You see that the, the, the abortion mindset is a lifeless mindset, not understanding the role of a creator. It's just survival of the fittest. My, ple my pleasure is all that matters, and there's no, no moral code. And my friend, that's, that's about the scariest thing and the scariest way our society can live. Worldview matters. The lenses that you wear matters. Origins matter. And I will continue to talk about this on this podcast. I encourage you to go, an go to Answers in Genesis, go onto their website, go to their museum, learn about what they are teaching scientifically about the accuracy and the truth of the Bible. It'll, it'll make it secure in your heart if you're questioning it or if you think, wow, I opened my scientific textbook and it sure sounds like they're making it sound like this is fact and truth. Explore and learn a different lens. Parents, it's critically important that their, our kids are debriefed, that after they go to their science class and they learn biology and they learn physical science and, and the things that they are being taught in school, that we as parents are knowledgeable enough and aware enough to be able to, to remove that veil of untruth and lies that are being taught and, and, and inject into our children hope, hope and life and purpose. It's critical. So this is another episode of Powerful Parenting, and I just want to uh, just release that over you parents. Don't be intimidated by scientific arguments. These are just simple little things that we can talk about, but at the root of it is purpose. Purpose and hope that a father, a loving father injected into our children. So let's have a real discussion. Play this for your children. Have them listen to this conversation. Talk to them and then put them on the stand. And say, what are you going to say when people laugh at you and say, you are a creationist? Do you believe that the earth is young? What are they going to say? Ha ask them real questions and, and work through it as a family so that they have a dialogue. They have a transcript in their brain that they can use to bring real honorable answers to a world that's asking real questions. That's what we're here for. And thank you for listening to me again this week. It has certainly been my pleasure. So until next week, let's go together now to set and shape the culture. <laughs>